The Ask a CEO Show is brought to you by Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. From strategy to production and execution, they are a true full-service agency. Check them out today at LorraineGregory.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Demetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now, he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome, everybody. I'm Greg Demetrio, and this is Ask a CEO. I'm the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, and the Ask a CEO interview series is about highlighting important companies and their CEOs to find out what really goes on and what the real situation is in the C-suite. Today, we have a very special guest, and as always, always, I don't want to mess up my intro, so I use my notes, so I'll apologize in advance. Mr. Jeffrey Bass is the owner of Executive Strategies Group, which is a business advisory and consulting enterprise. Over 35 years, Mr. Bass has assisted businesses and organizations with strategic, operational, and financial matters. He's well known in the top echelons of business owners, executives, and professionals. He was a principal of Margolin, Weiner, and Evans, a major accounting firm here on Long Island and was in charge of the Strategic Business Advisory Services. He's the founder and chairman emeritus of the Long Island Capital Alliance, which brought funders and startup companies together, raising over $150 million. He's a delegate, he was a delegate to the White House Conference on Small Businesses, and he holds multiple graduate degrees from City University of New York and New York University. Welcome, Mr. Bass. Thank you, and thank you for having me as your guest this morning. It's a pleasure to see you. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedule. Um, so let's get right into it, because this is an important topic. We're trying to get the pulse of what really goes on in in the COVID-19 crisis situations in various different industries and professions on Long Island. So the business consultancy and advisory role that you play is very significant because most of the businesses in our region, or even in the country for that matter, are small businesses. And as such, there are times when they need a higher level of expertise to make decisions for their business. So can you tell us the types of requests that you get? And in particular, has that changed under the COVID-19 situation? Well, typically the requests that I get are, are for uh, assistance in analyzing either an opportunity uh, to expand a business uh, or to, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, to help uh, them resolve, help the owner of the business uh, resolve a, a problem. Uh, COVID is a, uh, it's a different creature. Uh, much like uh, the virus itself, there is so much that is unknown 
about the virus and uh, there's so much unknown about how business is responding to the closures which were uh, required uh, to help stem the, the growth of the virus. So have you found that those requests that you are getting are flavored more towards what's going to happen? What can we do to, to survive? What can we do to help our company maintain itself? Is that, is that the change that you're seeing now? Yes. Uh, first, of course, there is how do we survive? Uh, how do we access the, uh, the loan programs that uh, the federal government uh, has made available? Uh, there was a, and, and there still exists a very significant amount of concern about uh, the application process. And believe it or not, there are still some companies going through the application process. Uh, questions arise literally every day about the obligation of uh, businesses uh, and business owners uh, to repay uh, the loans, even the the, uh, the the easier of the loans, the uh, PPP uh, loan, which provides uh, monies to um, help companies sustain uh, payroll and to pay rent and to pay your, their utilities during the covered period. There are still questions about which uh, components of those loans are going to be forgiven, how they're going to be forgiven, uh, what guidance uh, should banks be giving uh, these uh, companies. Um, and uh, the banks, quite frankly, don't have all the answers because the SBA has not provided all the answers. So my sense is, is that there's a lot of confusion in terms of the guidance that is issued, is coming, may come, and so forth. You must have your hands full keeping on top of this. Yes. If it, I, I'm getting at least 20 to 30 calls a day. Uh, frankly, from uh, clients uh, that I've had over a decade or two ago uh, that uh, are, are just pulling their hair out uh, about how to respond to uh, the loans. Uh, how do they hire their people back? Under what circumstances? What obligations do they have in informing uh, employees who might have been furloughed who can now come back because of the loans will uh, permit that, uh, but they're deciding to stay off because they're making more money on unemployment than they apparently did in some instances when they were employed. What are the obligations to the employer in notifying that employee? And, and what are the obligations of the employee in responding to uh, the employer? So that, uh, you know, th th there are so many, uh, so many issues that uh, with with regard to the uh, the, the idle loan, um, my head hurts. My head hurts from all of this stuff. Thank God there are people like you around because my head just hurts when I try to wrap it around these things. Well, I have a bottle of Anise. In fact, I'm on my third bottle now. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right at my desk. <laughs> I know. It's, it's such a seriously, you, know, you have to hold on to your sense of humor because otherwise, it's just way too dark. Especially you have, you have to have a sense of humor, but it's got to be held in check because there are some very serious issues uh, here. So do you find that there's a universal situation in the clients that you work with? Is there something that just seems to go across the board, across industries, across sizes? Is there something that, that says we're all the same? Yes. 
how do we pay the loans back? When do we start paying them back? Under what circumstances? What kinds of uh, records do we need to keep? Uh, do we keep a separate set of uh, books uh, relative to the loans while also recording the debt on our own uh, financial uh, statements? Uh, what are our uh, reporting responsibilities uh, under PPP as well as under EIDL? Uh, when do we submit reports? How often do we have to uh, do that? To whom do we provide those reports? Uh, is it to the bank? Is it to the SBA? Is it to both? And quite frankly, the answers to many of those questions are still being formulated by the SBA itself. Not all of the regulations have come down yet. Like something on the fly. It's correct. It's crazy. So because you work on both sides, operational and financial, in terms of remaining relevant, what are you telling the, co the companies that you work with about staying top of mind in the marketplace? And, and how are they supposed to do that? And what advice have you been giving them? Well, you know, a number of years ago, I coined a term, which was actually copyrighted, called the triangle of profitability. And I place the business owner uh, at the base of that uh, triangle. It's an equilateral triangle, if you can picture it. And the other two sides of the triangle are, on the one hand, the customers for that business's products or services. On the other hand, it's the vendors who produce the products that may allow the, the, the business person to sell to, to his or her or their customers. So in, in many respects, they're, they're, they're the maestros. They are the people that are uh, bringing together the vendors, understanding what problems the vendors are having themselves, and being able to coordinate the proper distribution of vendor goods into the into the uh the business person's business to be assembled uh or repackaged in some way to sell to the customers um uh, so everyone is kind of in their own little triangle and right now those triangles are trying to uh become tangential uh in, in a very productive way i mean i've been i've been advising my clients that now is not the time to hunt now is the time to stay in front of your client base, in front of your prospects. Absolutely. It's all communications. Exactly. With the same message you've always had, just redouble your effort. I mean, if anybody's been around it, we're in 2008, 2009, and the aftermath thereof, the people who survived were the ones who took that uh, to heart and stayed aggressive with their marketing and so forth. I mean, I'm a marketer, so I'm going to say that anyhow. But the point is, is that you have to be ready. When we're ready to open, you better be ready to open because otherwise your competitor is going to eat your lunch. That's exactly right. And uh, it, look, under any circumstances, it's important to maintain a very active line of communication with your customers, with your vendors, their suppliers as, a, as appropriate. Uh, so that you have a fluidity of business. Uh, you, know, you know what your supply chain is, where the bottlenecks may uh, arise at any one time. So if, if that practice is adopted during a more normal uh, business environment, it's going to serve the business person well during the current environment we find ourselves in. 
Yeah, that's so true. So true. I recall it very vividly, 2008, 2009, the adjustments that had to be made. And this is 2008 and nine times three or four or five, or maybe even yeah. nine. Right. So knowing the, un- knowing the unknown is impossible, right? Yes. I've been asking my guests if they would comment on what they see once business can reopen and how long do they think it's going to take to get back to some semblance of normalcy? You know, before uh, we started our discussion this morning, I was listening to the opening comments of uh, uh, the Senate Health and Welfare Committee. Uh, Anthony Fauci, among some other people, are going to be testifying today. And what I gleaned from all of that, even though there were preliminary remarks by the senators, uh, was that no one has a clear answer to uh, when and how uh, business will really get back to what anyone could define as normalcy uh, at this point. Uh, Certainly here in the New York region, uh, unless you're in the Finger Lakes or uh, Rochester, uh, where the state is going to begin reopening uh, the downstate area, I, I believe uh, if we're if we're lucky, uh, we'll we'll have a reopening, uh, hopefully beginning at the in the middle of June, hopefully, and at that point, uh, I would dare say it's going to be very very modest. Um, in fact, uh, Greg, you may recall this morning earlier in the morning. I sent you a link to a webinar that uh, is being conducted by a fairly large law firm uh, this afternoon on uh, how uh, business owners should uh, prepare themselves and their workplaces uh, for getting ready for reopening. How do they uh, accommodate social distancing requirements? How do they accommodate cleaning of their machinery as appropriate? Uh, what kind of PPE uh, will be needed for employees, depending upon the nature of the business. And the, the, it's a new reality. So even when businesses reopen, they could expect an element of costs that they never had to incur before. True. And that is going to have an impact on cash flow and certainly on uh, their profitability. Yeah, it's something that my company has been been planning for in terms of PPE and and being able to sanitize the workspaces that people have to work in. Don't forget, we have equipment that is always on the move, and many people touch it. And we're we're actually setting up a schedule of cleansing so that we can mitigate uh, any any residue of. From the virus, so it's an interesting scenario. It's way different, something that nobody's ever seen before, nobody ever wanted to see. And I think we all just need to be able to understand that we have to be in this together. There's no question about it. Rebels can't go off unhinged. We have to be thoughtful, cautious, and yet on the same hand, be aggressive in terms of our business to keep it to, to let it survive. And never lose focus about the direction your business was heading in before the pandemic. Where was the business, how was the business structured beforehand? What problems needed to be addressed and resolved? And on a more positive note, 
what opportunities were, were available to the company to seize and what strategies would be employed to either resolve the problems or seize the opportunities. They may be the problems and opportunities may require new definition uh, under the quote new normal that we find ourselves in, but they're still there and they need to be addressed. Thank you, that's, that's excellent advice. Where were you before? Uh, and, and try and play off that as best you can and keep, keep it as close to that as you possibly can. Of course, it's going to be different. We all understand that. But to, to, to start from that point, I think it's very good advice. So, Jeffrey, I really thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us. I wish you all the best. I wish your clients all the best. And thank I just hope and pray that we come out of this strong and better and healthy. Thank you. I believe I believe we will. It may take time. It may take a, a significant amount of patience on uh, all our parts. But if we do what we can to uh, stay healthy and stay wise and, and uh, always look ahead, never look backward, always look ahead, uh, we will come out of this and we may come out of it much more strongly than we entered it. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. And thank you, Greg, for this opportunity to speak with you. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button and don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.